but we've tried to do a good job of kind of um, using the shark name, never using poop or brown colors, but really dancing around the imagery of, you know, and using um, the language and, and have had a fun time doing it. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another spectacular episode of The Arch of Our Now, where I get to interview creative superstars all over the globe so that you can create the life that you love, that you can create your global network of awesome people everywhere. They're going to help you get to where you want to be. And the ultimate goal here is to work for yourself to work through passion, to live the life that you truly do love and dream about. This is 100% possible. I'm so pumped that you're here with me today. Today. I've got on Todd Schleining of Shart.com. Now, if you live around the Louisville area, if you've been around Nashville or Lexington or any of these areas, Todd is very noticeable because he drives around in this yellow Volkswagen Beetle and he... And it says shark.com on the side. So we've all seen, you know, South Park and the sharding and that craze. But it's it's hilarious the way that he branded this because it works so, so well. And I was able to run into him at a music festival. I didn't get to talk to him, but I reached out to him afterwards. I think he was walking around in this yellow Speedo that said shark.com on it. But anyways, I, I was able to get him on the show today. We talk about all sorts of cool stuff. We get into how he actually went about creating this startup his lifestyle and everything that goes into being involved with it and the idea and taking it from where it popped into his head to where it is now and the success that they've been able to create. And I hope that you all can take away a lot of value from this. Todd is one cool ass dude. Uh, I'm really pumped to connect with him and I hope that I'll be able to get in touch with him in the future. I left the pre-chat into this interview because we talk about some cool stuff. If you're into music, you can listen to it. Uh, If you don't want to listen to any of the stuff that we're talking about in the pre-chat, you can fast forward probably about the, I want to say 20, well, maybe 14 minute mark, and that'll pop you into the actual interview. So again, everybody out there, I am pumped and humbled that you're listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you ever need anything, if you want to reach out and connect, I am at createdartsynow.com and on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. And here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw some pretty awesome pictures 
some pretty incredible outfits. <laughs> well, and, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I went down to, man, we went down to Fish New Year's in Miami this year. Oh, yeah. Which was pretty awesome. I bet. And that was the first time I've been down there. That has to be the most expensive city. I, I mean, I, and I lived in San Diego for a little bit. So that has to be like, man, you can't get well, a drink for like less than $10 there. <laughs> it makes it hard to enjoy because I'm a cheapskate. So, yeah, I know I've had the same experience. And, uh, uh, no, I can can relate 100%. It's a little different than the, the way it used to be. But uh, I'm sure those were great shows. We actually, my wife and I saw them at Big Cypress uh, uh, in 2000. So, oh, nice. Uh, one of our great, yeah, great, great trips. So, <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of, we went to the Gorge um, two years ago. That was awesome. That was something a little bit different. Something memorable. Yeah. 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 That place is well, incredible. Have you been out there? No, you know, that's, I was just going to say that, you know, we've got three young girls and, uh, we really, we, we do a lot of the, anything that's, you know, basically in India or Cincinnati and then we do Bonnaroo and Forecastle, but it's just so hard to get away. But no, I, I definitely, you know, I want to hit Coachella one day. Um, you know, I've, we just, we really haven't hit some of the bigger festivals. And, uh, as you know, they're just, they're popping up everywhere. So, um, you know, there's even some great ones in Atlanta and, and things like that. So, uh, we've done jazz fest, we've done a lot of fish shows and traveled all over to see Wilco. And then yeah, we've yeah. been on a route, I don't know, probably eight, nine times, 10 times. So, um, you know, we love forecasts. I have to give props to, to, uh, Louisville and, uh, what they've done. And, uh, uh, it's just forecasts really turned into a great festival. So we really enjoy having that right here. Yeah. I've been the, the past three years. I'm in Lexington. So, Oh, that's excellent. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, didn't even realize that. Well, that's yeah, you, you know, then, and uh, I thought last year was really a special year. So, oh, it sure uh, was. And then, and then the lineup this year. I mean, I just, uh, I'm so excited. I, you know, Tweety and uh, Modest Mouse, and uh, uh, you know, my morning jacket, of course. So, and if you, if, I would love to see Tweety come out with with uh, MMJ. You know, when I went down to Nashville, oh man. I guess it was about two years ago. I think my morning jacket played down there, and, and so was you know Tweety was there also. I think actually Wilco. We yeah we were there yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we didn't do Nashville. We did uh, in, with the Bob Dylan tour. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we did uh, we did Indy we did Cincy. Um, yeah we loved. I had a great time at those shows. Yeah, yeah. I forgot they were in Cincinnati. I was out of town. I couldn't get up to that. Yeah no 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 excellent excellent shows. And uh, I actually just saw this morning, which is crazy. Wilco just announced some. Uh, New dates, but uh, I saw that Tweety's playing three days at Forecastle. At least that's what it says on their tour now. Is he really? I, so I, I don't. I guess I don't know what that means, but I just that, that you know he's my favorite. Uh, you know, so I just I'm I'm so stoked. <laughs> yeah, I have I have this awful. There's always a scheduled. I can't ever get up to Forecastle till like I'm rushing Friday. I have uh, I sell chemicals like during the day, and there's there's like a meeting twice a year, and they always do it. The same weekend as Forecastle. Oh, that's awful. And I've gone to the marketing guy and been like, listen, man, can you please not make it these dates? And so last year he did it the weekend before, and I was like, thank God. And then this year I just figured, you know, maybe he would remember because he's in Louisville and he knows about Forecastle. Right. Of course, he does it again. I'm like, God. Yeah, no, that's awful. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I can't go four years in a row coming up with some other excuse as to why I have to leave three days early. (laughs) The meeting that happens <laughs> twice a year, right? I hear you. Yeah, I'm really well, pumped about the tallest man on earth, man. Have you seen him before? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. I, I saw the name and I just, you know, I, you it's know, just a, uh, it's just a he's a 
he's kind of like a folk guitarist from Sweden, but he is okay. unbelievable, man. He's very young Bob Dylan style, but cool. He is he's got some serious talent. It's just it's usually just him and his guitar. I mean, well, that's cool. Yeah, no, we we're big Jake Bug fans, which you know, I kind of oh, yeah. in the same light it, it at least sounds like. So uh, no, and I saw I saw guitars on the back of your wall, so uh, you must play, huh? Oh yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, that, that's cool. Yeah. Well, th- I'll definitely catch you at that show for sure. I'll look forward to it. So, where did you uh, see that at? Uh, on your uh, on your on your w- website, which is a great website, by the way, and uh, uh, one of your videos just in the background. It actually looks just like my office, oh, yeah, except yeah. my ceiling's painted pink, and uh, <laughs> um, that wasn't me that did that. So, um, but yeah, guitars in the background and uh, mandolin and that sort of thing. So, I, I play. I'm not. I started playing in high school. I've got a tailor now that I stick to. I actually, I got rid of my electric, but um, I stopped playing for like five years there. And then la- at the end of last year, I decided I was going to start playing every day again. And so for the past 60 or 70 days now in a row, I've spent like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, uh, that's, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, it's so much. It's so awesome. And then Lindsay, she plays the cello and the ukulele. And Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah so you all play together? She, yeah, she's an amazing cello player. Like, it's crazy. How well, that's fun. Is. Yeah, I'm a terrible guitarist. I've been playing all, since I was 15, and I'm, I literally, really, really am just still terrible, but I love to do it. And just um, and I've actually gotten out of the habit. I was 15 minutes a day for the last 15, 20 years, but with the startup of Shard, you know, you just, um, I've you. really had to focus all my time. But I, I, I pick it up from time to time. I need to get back to that 15 minutes a day. And I tell you what's nice is during the summer, I've gotten my three daughters playing, and there, there's nothing better than, you know, teaching them and starting to get them a, on a baritone ukulele and being able to play with me and just, you know, I've taught them some Wilco and, you know, uh, and then I've showed them songs, you know, that they can, hey, they can play pink, they can play, you know, things like that. So um, that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I can't imagine, yeah, you've got, you know, doing the startup thing plus that whole, by the way, your Misfits site seems to be down. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I clicked I'm, that I, link, and it's saying that it stepped out for a bit. I'm guessing maybe, I don't know if you missed a bill payment or what. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. Um, I've had it no, no, me before. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's the first I've heard of that. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I will uh, look into that right away. So, um, yeah, and Misfits, that's um, that's our children's book. My wife and I wrote that um, last year, and uh, it's something we have been working on it literally took us almost uh, 10 years, uh, right up to 10 years, um, to get that done. And there were a lot of different stages and thought processes along the way. But um, it, it was just, it was a blast to get out there. We're very proud of the book. Um, have, have had a blast going all to all the book festivals and conferences and, and promoting that. And um, yeah, it was a ton of work uh, on top of last year was just, you know, a ridiculously crazy year. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, that's a good thing. And we had a blast. We're really um, our goal for 2015 is to to get um, you know the number two book and get that going, and uh, just the Misfits. It's a children's book. It's a group of animals that are all uh, lacking the trait that's inherent to their species. Um, so you know you've got a turtle that was born without a shell, and um, the first book is about a snake that was born without the ability to slither. Um, so it kind of takes these common traits of animals, and and they're lacking those traits, and um, they're a group of animals that kind of um, help all the other animals in Animal Elementary to. Um, succeed, you know, despite um, you know their differences and 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 you know work together as a team. So a lot of lot of um, good lessons about diversity and uh, empathy and um, you know that sort of thing. So it was a blast and just creating it and uh, you know seeing the process and learning how that goes was um, a lot of fun, but a lot of work. So man, I bet 
I bet it is. Yeah, but very proud. I, that moment that you get that book in hand after, you know, again, almost 10 years, it, it really was a magical moment. I'm staring at it right now and, um, you know, it just gives me chills still just to, you know, it, just to see it uh, on paper with the, the, you know, really pretty pictures and everything. So, and anyway, just so anybody out there listening, it's Misfits with a PH and um, it's, so it's M-I-S-P-H-I-T-S dot com and uh, don't go to the website now. Give me a day and I'll have it back up. So. I didn't realize you were so close in Lexington, and maybe I did read that. Or, or... no, we need to meet up. And well, dude, definitely when you're when you're here, man. Yeah, if you need a place to stay, man, we're you're welcome. We got a guest bedroom with your forecast on. You know, um, you know, I don't know you from anyone else, but I assume just from seeing it <laughs> and talking to you a little bit, I'm you know t- usually pretty good at measuring people up. So you know, if you, you is it your girlfriend or your wife? She's my girlfriend, but she's actually from Louisville, so we have three places. Oh, you got a place to okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, we definitely should hook up, man. We'll, you know, we love love to, uh, you know, have a good time, and you know, you yeah. Did did we actually talk though at one of the shows? No, 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 we didn't. I actually, I stood next. I kind of was going to talk to you when I first started this show. I'm not kidding you. It was I started this in like July, and it was the you were at Forecastle that time, and that was like the I think it was probably like the third time I'd seen you, but. Man, you were it was, and it was during Rain Wolf. You were staying kind of back. Oh my God, that was, was my favorite show. Me too, man. He, I mean, yeah. I, I bought, I went immediately and bought a T-shirt. Yeah, I <laughs> wish I had, man. That was that was a great thought. I wish I had because that thing they blew me away. I mean, that's one of the best live shows. Oh God, I, that was can't my favorite. Find, you know, he doesn't have any like albums or anything, but he's always touring all over the world. Like, and he plays in Nat. You know, he's from Nashville, so he plays in Nashville a lot at the Exit Inn. Oh, well, that's cool. But he doesn't oh, announce a lot incredible. of it. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we um, – I, I went and I actually posted something on our uh, – I think on Facebook about them after the for, after Forecastle just because, you know, the little person that no one knows about it's who I'm trying to help out because, you know, that's who oh, we he's, are. He's so, uh, you know, I, I posted something and I, I actually shared it with a friend in Los Angeles that's a big music guy. So, um, oh, God, I was blown away, man. I thought they were awesome. <laughs> L- love that I stumbled upon that. I forget. I think Jenny Lewis was playing – yeah. Um, next door, and I was like, "Nah, you know, I, th- I don't think I, I'm in the, ready for Jenny Lewis." So, yeah, I, I see. I watched the beginning of Jenny Lewis, and I went to go get some food on the kind of like over on the right side of the Jenny Lewis stage, and he was back on that far back stage, and I could just hear like somebody just shredding back there, and I'm like, "Who in the hell?" And it was funny because this other guy there, I was in line getting a beer earlier, and he said, "Whatever you do, man, you make sure you go see Rain Wolf." And I was like, "Who's who the hell's Rain Wolf?" Right. He goes, right. "No, you don't understand." He goes, "The only reason I came to this festival was to see Rain Wolf." Right. And I was like, I, "All right, well, I'll take your word for it." And so I went over there, and oh my god, <laughs> I made my life. I feel like I may have talked to that same guy. Like I had a similar he had experience. Tattoos with down his arms. I I remember and like. Yeah, I don't remember, but I definitely had a similar conversation with someone because that's what kind of sent us over that way. I think so. Uh, I just uh, you know a lot of a lot of that is a blur, but uh, yeah, similar experience and just well, I'm so, so glad I did stumble over there. So hey, he's like uh, the closest thing to a Hendrix I've seen alive. I would have to agree. Uh, uh, yeah, not many. I would have to say that you know in terms of power, I saw, we saw the white stripes at the Marat. Oh yeah. Um, right yeah. in the heat of when they were just kind of coming up and um, you know hitting it big, and that was probably the only more powerful thing. You know, I mean that I I would say I'd I'd seen. So it was killer. Well, and I have to say one of our strains. It's really it's a little out of the scope of fish, and 
you know, some of the other stuff we talked about, but The Darkness, um, which I don't know if you know of The Darkness at all. Yeah, man, um, the they're one of the best shows we ever saw. We saw them at, um, I think it's the Tabernacle or something like that in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's up there as one of our best shows. Was uh, that like 2006, somewhere around there? It was right in there. It was right when their their song was hitting, uh, their first hit, uh, you know. Um, so it was it. It just it was it was literally I felt I couldn't hear for two days, uh, you know the spandex. I felt like it would have been seeing like you know Van Halen or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So it was it was cool. It was very that was you know so. But we've Wilco we've seen you know twenty five thirty times. Widespread Panic, uh, Fish. We did Fish you know for the longest. So you know been kind of we just and we Avits we just we really you know but we just can't afford uh, to go you know to to the expensive shows. You know some of them are just crazy now. So. Uh, that's why we love festivals. So. Yeah. yeah, is it Schleining? Uh, Schleining. It's like the sun is Schleining. shining Schleining. with an L in it. That's the best way to think about it. So the Todd Schleining, but just okay, yeah, I just want yeah. to make sure I got it right. Yeah, we started the show here. Yeah, because I'll probably still screw it up. No, don't, don't. I have no, no worries at all. And hey, again, man, I really appreciate. it. I'm glad you're reaching out, and uh, you know, I love what you're doing. So I just uh, happy to be a part of it. I mean, I might have to go back and put the pre-chat in on the tail end of the conversation. I, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea, it. man. Yeah, again, I and, and I don't know. You said you're changing your format, but I'd actually, if you're not already, I'd record the personal part because you might get some good stuff to throw in there. Yeah, I do. I record. I actually have been recording, Todd. Oh, okay. You're just not. I got you. But okay, I hadn't that's... actually started the interview yet because I have had somewhere I just left the pre-chat in. Do you want to just say screw it and leave the pre-chat in, man? Yeah. <laughs> And that's completely up to you. We can just run. I, in, we'll run. We'll run into the introduction right now. Yeah, no, I'm. That's. I'm totally fine with whatever you want to do. It's your show. I, no, I love I like, it. I like the personal conversation. I'm too. here for the ride. So yeah, yeah. All right, Todd. Let me let me roll this intro out there just so we can get some fist pumping real quick. Okay, and that'll we'll work. Continue on with our conversation, man. Okay, gracias. If your silly little ears hang low, well, you know, you better wiggity wiggity wobble them straight to the front. Because I've got a guest on today who's big and yellow and certain to get all you silly little boys and girls out to fist pump. He's the creator of the Misfits, the founder of Shark.com, the home of the ever-so-clever Shark T-Shirt Frame. He's a father of three and sure to teach a life of creativity to those three little girls. A skittamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skittamarinkity-doo-hoo. Todd Schleining, yoo-hoo. RV Entrepreneur Now, what's up, man? Good to have you back. Well, hello, Heath. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I was thinking about that all morning. I wanted to do that. So that's in honor of Gilbert Godfrey. There you go, Gilbert. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. So if you've been listening, obviously, we left the pre chat in. You got to hear the whole shebang. Uh, we got into just some of our passions with music, his story. And the misfits, we got into talking about that a little bit. We can get even more into that if you want, because I think you really hit on a huge point with how good it felt to look back after all that time working on that and seeing that it's been done, and it gives you those chills that runs through your body. Which I can imagine, man, because like when I get when I get started on projects, it's the same sort of thing, and I'm kind of an explorer type, so I jump back and forth like crazy. And I have to be very careful, like to, to just really try and focus on things, right? So when I actually do follow something through and I focus and then I get it out there, then I'm like, 
man, that feels, it feels so, so, so good to know that you were part of it. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, especially when you spend so long doing something, um, and working on some, you know, something like a book, it's just kind of ideas for so long. So it's just, it's amazing when you get this, this, you know, thing with, it's just paper and a, you know, a cover, but, um, you know, beautiful illustrations in the color just really, is. it's a, you know, it's a thrilling moment. And, um, you know, the other thing that it, I, you know, I, I guess I would equate it probably to a musician or, um, somebody that writes music, but, you know, the thing that I really enjoy about the writing process is that there are no rules. You know, there's so many, you know, rules throughout society that, um, you know, when you get, create something, um, you, you can do whatever you want with it. And, um, so that, that, that to me is a thrilling part of it. And, uh, you know, the misfits is just a fun thing. These animals that are all, um, they're, they're just, um, you know, they're like people uh, to me, every single person on the planet is a misfit. Um, in the short bit I've been talking to you, you clearly are. And, um, you know, and I pride myself on the same thing. So literally that's what I'm saying. It's an absolute compliment. So, you know, if anyone thinks they're normal, you're not. And, uh, but that's, you know, the book is, a, it's a, a way to teach that to young kids, you know, uh, young kids through animals, um, you know, that every kid knows. And we just kind of took that trait that they're, you know, it's associated with them. So, and it's very funny, you know, we spent about three, four years on it, um, before somebody brought it to our attention that essentially it was, um, you know, uh, kind of a ripoff of the Island of Misfit Toys. And uh, not only did we basically steal the concept, we, you know, we kind of, we stole the name and literally that was completely, um, you know, unconsciously. So, um, but you know, it's, it's a very fun thing, um, you know, to see the whole process and then to hold it. it it's, you know, definitely one of the top things I've done, you know, in my life. So, so thank imagine. you. And I'm yeah. sure that it relate when you when you sit down with you said you had three little girls, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that it's just you know they're going to look up to you forever and remember all of that and and be like, look, they can go to school. They're they're different. They can say, you know, my dad. You know, obviously you're a clear role model to them. Uh, you're bringing creativity to to their life and you're making it fun. And I think that's a huge mistake that we see in this world a lot is there's so many parents that disconnect their children from creativity and try to say, hey, you know, you can't live a life like this. You can't follow these steps. You're never going to make any money. You're never going to get anywhere in life. If you do this, you know, you need to concentrate on something more important. And I just am so honored that, that you were on the show and you're talking about things like this, because I think it is the seed. I mean, the most important thing you can do for your children is, is to show them creativity when they're young. Well, and, and I'm hoping that perhaps that makes up for me, uh, picking them up and dropping them off at school in a, yellow uh volkswagen <laughs> shark.com all over the the uh, side of it so um you know they 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 are a part of, they, they i've been very fortunate we have very fun young girls and um you know they they have participated in all our products they're getting to that teenage age so they're not we we, we used to go to some shows and um all five of us would be dressed in these ridiculous yellow shark dresses and um you know, it was a blast and they loved it at the time, but I think they're getting to that age where they won't do that for dad, you know, so I think I got about four or five years that I got to do it on my own and then maybe they'll come back to the fold. Yeah, but, they'll come back uh, around again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they want it. So, well, I've asked them if, yeah, I asked them if, if they had, you know, if they wanted the yellow uh, shark car when they were 16 and oddly enough, they still do want it. So I said, if, if it's, you know, uh, still running, then, you know, that may go to them. So, uh, <laughs> You know, got to get that free advertising, you know, get them driving around with it. So, uh, oh, but it's, awesome. it's been fun. And, and, you know, the Misfits, they were a big part of that as well. My wife and I co-wrote it, but the kids, they were actually very, very involved in picking out the characters. So it was definitely a whole family process. And 
um, you know, a very fun one, uh, tedious and long and, uh, and, and not profitable. I should say that too. You know, uh, anyone out there that, um, is writing a book, man, you got to know, and we did know it going into it and how hard it is to get it out there. Um, you know, so, uh, it, you know, but that was never a priority. We kind of knew that it's always a hope. Um, but again, you know, we, and we, and just so to put it out there too, we did use Kickstarter. Uh, I have a lot of great things to say about Kickstarter. I also saw you have, uh, you use Fiverr. Um, you know, I love Fiverr. So, uh, we tried to do it, you know, as cheap as we could. Kickstarter had a lot of friends and family and, and outsiders that kicked in to make that happen. So, um, we're very, very fortunate with that. And, uh, you know, we may go that same route the second time around because we really believe it's a good book. It's a good, you know, has a, a lot of, you know, potential for a series. So, um, you know, we'll see. But but really the number one thing is we just enjoy it and hopefully we can find the time to get it done, uh, get number two done in uh, 2015. Now, when, when you use Kickstarter, did you use a campaign for that with Shark.com also or was it just the Misfits? I have I have thought about how to do it with Shark.com and it is definitely a serious um, consideration. I, I I, I, I need to probably do that. Um, you know, one of the things that we did discover, at least with our, with our experience with Kickstarter, was it was mostly friends and family. There were definitely some outside people that kicked in and that were very, very generous and, and you know, people that we had no, didn't know before. But I would say the majority is friends and family. So that's one frustration. And I don't, you know, I don't want to always go to friends and family. Um, I, I had hoped when we got involved in, with Kickstarter that it would kind of become a community thing, that it would catch on, and that there would be a lot of outside contributions. But the other thing that it's big with with Kickstarter, as it is in life, is having a track record and experience. And so, if we you know decide to go that route, I really think we we have a much better chance at having a you know a, a more successful Kickstarter that goes out there and kind of gets those outside contributions um, because we do have a track record. We did what we said we would do. We provided you know the uh, the, the rewards that we said we would in a timely manner. Um, the book was. You know, done in a successful way. I did, you know, uh, readings all over Louisville and Indiana and Ohio, and um, you know, we really pushed it. And so we did everything that we wanted to do and that we said we would do the book, and that goes a long way with the Kickstarter community. So, um, and just having been involved with them before, so that may be the you know the way we go again. And um, you know, we we had a failed our first uh, Kickstarter. We the we set the um, you know pledge amount too high or, or what we were trying to get, and uh, so we. Had to do it a second time, um, you know. Waited a couple months, then kind of changed some things up and redid it. But it that money, it, the book wouldn't have happened without that the Kickstarter fund. So I'm very thankful to them and all the people that contributed. And um, you know, I love the idea of Kickstarter and um, just anything that can help startups and creativity. I'm right there. I love creative people. Grew up with a creative mother, so I love. That's why I love Fiverr. I think Fiverr's awesome um, because of these creative people. And I've probably spent several hundred dollars with Shart. Um, you know, at five dollars a time, and that's um, incredible. it's incredible, and and just these silly things, and you know, some people that are the craziest on there will turn us down, and I'm like, what? You know, they'll turn us down because of the short name, but um, it's funny that you know, and then some people that you won't think would do it, you put it out there, and they'll do it. So we've had, you know, if you go to our Facebook, which I would ask anyone listening to post, you know, to do, it's um, at Shart Me, and that's uh, Shart, and then me as in me, M E. <laughs> Um, didn't have at Shart available. So Shart me, uh, that's on Twitter too and on Facebook. But we've tried to do a, a good job of kind of um, using the Shart name, never using poop or brown colors, but really dancing around the imagery of, you know, and using um, the language and, and have had a fun time doing that through with Fiverr, uh, some of my own, you know, friends, my kids, videos, pictures. 
so you know, if you if you want to laugh sometime uh, that you know, and you got a few minutes, you're sitting on the computer at work, you know, peruse our Facebook, and I think you'll get a, a little laugh. So. attracted me a lot to your to you in general was just the brand i mean i think it's definitely working for you and yeah you might get some people who are like oh gosh the name's shard i'm not going to complete but <laughs> you don't want those people anyways man obviously well that's a bad press idea you know and that's believe me when we when i you know i was going through the process we had come up with a product we were very proud we worked for it took us you know about a year and a half to to really get the prototype to figure it all out um to get it made and so then it was time to really pick the name and start you know marketing it and getting the website going and we, I, I thought, what is it that we're doing? Well, we're, you know, we're framing shirts into art, and uh, that turned uh, into shirt art. And then I'm, it was late at night, and I'm thinking shirt art, shirt. And I just, I said shirt, and I said, <laughs> oh. No. And so then we, we, I looked and saw that shirt.com was available. Um, I was going to ask you that. That's incredible that that was available. This must have been after. I mean. Do you think this happened after the South Park episode where they talked about sharding the whole time? Oh, yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, you know, the thing is, what do you do with shard? I mean, unless you're putting up pictures of poop, you know what I mean? But you uh, never know, man. What else? Well, I would agree with you. Now, I will tell you, it wasn't free. But that's by any means. It, and in fact, you know, the guy was asking $9,000 for oh, it. We, okay, got it. Yeah. we got it for, you know, less than a third of that. Um, and, and, and a lot of people at the time were like, that's crazy. But I, um, through my other businesses, I worked uh, – in the temporary labor business, and I, I created and ran that website for the labor, you know, temporary labor company. I knew the importance of that three thousand dollars. Oh yeah. And if, if that was going to be our brand, and that was going to be what we, you know, we took about two or three days and said, "Is this what we want our product to be represented with?" And we thought about all the, you know, it might keep us out of some retailers, it, you know, things like that. Um, so it was really a hard decision, but I can tell you in hindsight. I think it's the, the without a doubt that you know other than coming up with the product and the and you know the patent pending and getting um, those things worked out, it's probably the best you know decision we we've made because it, and it is you know we've had a few people that don't like it but the the vast majority um, do like it. It's something that you know seems to get shared on social media. It's definitely much easier to market than trying to say go to shirtframe.com you know, and um, so it, to me it just. And I've always liked funny things, but you know, it's uh, I had to talk to my kids. My kids were younger. I, my youngest daughter, when we started this, was you know seven years old, and I said, "You may have some kids because you know I knew it would get out there, and it, it sure did." So um, we actually uh, made it to the video submission round of Shark Tank in 2013, and we had just started, so we had no records to back it up or anything. But um, the kids, uh, in order to do it, had to take an application to their school. And uh, get it filled out by the office. So that was pretty funny, just because you know, here on the application, they're turning into the office at school. Their elementary school says, you know, Shark Tank, and the, the company's name is Shark.com. So it was very funny, and it's going around. We've had a lot of fun. I have to say, most people really seem to like it and have a good time. But it, it, you can go online on a few things out there, and you can definitely see some people that you know, on our YouTube videos and stuff that say, oh my gosh, what, what a terrible name, what a terrible choice. And I will honestly, I'll say I've had some very influential, smart, you know, wealthy business people that in the beginning told me it was a terrible decision. 
And I have to say, in hindsight, they were wrong, um, you know, uh, at least to this point. But, um, you know, it, that's how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes the best, I literally, sometimes some of the best advice we've gotten for our business has come from a drunk 16-year-old kid. And I maybe he was 18. I shouldn't say he was a drunk 16-year-old. Um, <laughs> he probably was 16, 17. But at one of these festivals, guy came up, talked to me for a half hour, and probably gave me three of the best marketing ideas that I've used over the last two years. Wow. So, you know. Sometimes it's who you listen to. And then, you know, some of those same people that gave me, you know, told me not to use shark have given me other great advice. So that's just, you know, that's part of it. You have to, but we knew it was a big decision and we're very happy that we did. And it's fun. And the family, the young girls have uh, gotten over the name and they mostly think it's funny now. So. What were those, what were those marketing ideas that he pitched to you? Uh, the number one, I, I, the number one thing that he did for me, without a doubt, um, and I'm actually wearing one. Um, we were using our whole logo, like had the whole logo, had Shark.com, had framing shirts into our kind of our tagline, and that's what we were putting on everything. And he said, "Man, I'll tell you what I would do. I would just take black Shark.com the letters and put it on yellow, and just have Shark.com make people wonder what it is, you know." Don't tell them what it is because if once – and then we found the same thing that once we told people, people would say, oh, what's chart.com? And they'd be all so excited. And then you'd tell them that – and for whatever reason, they just kind of went flat. And that's even at festivals. Some people loved it and were like, oh, that's brilliant. I love how you did that. But other people just almost immediately lost interest. So the, the idea was to get them to the site and let them see our videos that we spent so much time and money on and um, you know get that – if we can get them in front of that 30-second video where they're actually seeing it happen, it might give them – so. He just said, go with blackshark.com and make people wonder what it is. And it was one of the best things we've done. It also makes marketing easy when you're doing that on a pen or a lighter or a balloon or a whatever it is. Um, you know, it's just, it's one color and it's, it's, you know, it's, so I thought to me, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that's been given to me. And again, it was a, you know, a young, I'll say a young kid that uh, had uh, been, uh, was a little inebriated. Maybe <laughs> that's the best way to say it. Yes, he was probably twenty three or twenty four. And, and now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't know the kid, so he probably you know who knows. As long as he wasn't butt chugging, man. Uh, no, no, no. This was at this. I think that, this was at forecast. I'm pretty sure. So no, no, no. Nothing like that. Under it was the bridge uh, butt chugging. Yeah, well, routine. that's always a possibility of forecastle. So um, nobody. I, I tell you, he ended up coming up twice, and we I'd say a half hour, but the second conversation was probably fifteen minutes. So and the guy was really smart, you know, smart young kid. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the creativity of the, especially people in that you know you know uh, that fo that um, that the scene of whatever you want to call it the music scene or Forecastle or Bonnaroo and going back to the Grateful Dead and Fish shows. It's you know my first Grateful Dead show. I, I really was not a fan at all. I thought it was I was like, oh, this is disgusting. What's going on? You know, but what you get is that free flow of, of creativity and communication people that are just in good spirits mm -hmm. they get away from work they get away from the stress and you know um that's what my, you know i don't know if i mentioned but my wife and i met at woodstock 1994 so you know that's what we you know that's what we do that's what we love doing and so that's the the little amount of free time and and free money that we have um we're usually spending on going to you know these music festivals those are our vacations so how about that Grateful Dead uh, Trey combo there. Uh, uh, up there in Chicago. Are you gonna be up there? We're we're I'm working with a buddy. Uh, there's only one day that he, you know either he 
go, and we're working on that right now. We actually were just talking about it this weekend, and he and I are both on the same page. And, and we did not do the mail order, so I don't know if tickets are going to be available. But if there's a way to get them, and they're not, you know, some ridiculous amount of money, um, it's definitely an event I want to, you know, oh my, try to. You use. know what? I forgot. Isn't they? They're on. Is it this Friday? They're on sale. It's. I, I don't know, but it's. I know they got some. They've changed the ticketing, and from what I understand, that was the conversation we were having. Is that uh, they got so many requests that. Um, I forget the number sixty thousand. It was sixty thousand or six hundred thousand. It was a crazy amount of written, you know, letters. Um, so they're kind of changing how they're doing. So I don't know the the logistics to it. Man, that would be. It's such a huge place, though. I f- I feel like you'll probably be able to get in. I haven't. I forgot all about that, man. Well, the only, yeah, the only night we can make it was, is the last night, and to me, that'd be you know, if you can only do one, that's that the one epic. to do. So, yeah. So we're uh, no. I was I was stoked to see that. So. Yeah, it's been a good, good uh, week for concert announcements between uh, Forecastle and then Wilco just announced some new dates, and then uh, the, the Grateful Dead, you know, the Dead. So, uh, very exciting. Good stuff for 2015 music lovers. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that keeps me ticking, man. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, back to that Kickstarter real quick, just for everybody to know. I mean, it, I do think there's a huge science behind how you set your Kickstarters up. I have never done one myself, but from talking to all these amazing people that get to come on this show, uh, I have seen a difference in between the people who hit their goals and the people who don't. And usually the ones who don't know why and the ones who do know exactly why also. And I had a guest on, uh, he D- Dan and Jeff from Speakeasy Briefs. Okay. It was episode 45, I think. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash 45. Uh, they made these boxers. They're basically started out as kind of a festival boxer you could wear. They've got a pocket on the crotch with a zipper. Oh, that's genius. You could put, you know, your flask or wallet sure. or whatever you want sure. in there, money. Yeah. And they went to Kickstarter, but they spent a lot of time researching exactly how to do the launch. And I know they set a goal of $10,000 and ended up reaching 32000 or something. Oh, gosh, that. that's awesome. But in that episode, if you listen, he goes through a lot of the things that they did. So if you are interested, in I will. Uh, I'm writing it down right looking now. Looking oh, at shark.com and and uh, just listening through that, and, and if you really want to, I could probably get you, you know, introduce you to Dan. And yeah, that uh, yeah, he was a Might former a good comedian, connection. I think. So you could pick his brain a little bit about that. Well, but. I appreciate. It. I will definitely check it out, and I will. I'll be in touch. Uh, you know, that's 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 again, that's the fun of this is is some of the people that we've gotten to meet. Um, just. Through I, really honestly, it goes back to the stupid shark.com picking that name, you know. Because um, again, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation if it was just shirt frame, you know, which is funny. Funny, <laughs> you're to, probably right. I would have known, I, I wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't right. for that brilliant marketing, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, yeah, I know. so yeah, I mean, I think that Kickstarter and any of these crowdfunding sites, there's there is a way to master them. You just have to really, really put the time and effort, the launch, and you have to have media in place. You have to have relationships with other people who are ready to share it uh, with other crowds, so that you don't, in return, just get you know your family Absolutely. and friends back. And you can no, start, and start yeah. getting it out there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I would I agree with you 100. And and we definitely did not really know what we were doing. I think we put a really strong campaign together. You know, so we've done both. We've not been funded, and then we got funded for much less. But we got the money that we truly needed. We ho- had hoped to get an, in the initial one the entire funding for the book. Um, that was our goal. We didn't get it done, so we got basically we got the illustrations paid for. Well, that's five thousand dollars, and yeah. you know when you're talking about something that's not going to probably make you money, and it's kind of a you know just a creative, you know. So that's a lot of money, and that that um, like I said, it, it, the book probably wouldn't have happened if it weren't for that. So 
I learned a lot going into it. Again, I think a lot with Kickstarter has to do with track record. Um, but I, you know, if we do it, you know, next time around, I definitely would listen to some, you know, some other people. We really dove into it early on, pretty, you know, pretty early on with when Kickstarter was kind of just starting to get that national press. So, um, you know, and there's what's that? Was it the end of 2012? Right? Yeah. Well, we were. We would have been 2013 probably that we were. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Right in that time period. Yeah. Um, I've got so, here that you hit you. You had. Did you have a goal of five thousand? You raised fifty two hundred. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, no, it it and again, it it was a it was a very good experience. We put a ton of work into the video, though. I mean, it it is, you know, it's a it's a feat in itself to put together a Kickstarter campaign, and and you know, I definitely would suggest researching it. A lot goes into the video, and you know, then and again, it's a, a track record, but also too, that's why Shart might blow away a Misfits, and and it has the possibility. You see something like the Pebble Watch, which still blow. You know, I just saw that when they sell a million of them, I think is what I saw. So. Wow. Um, you know, and that's from Kickstarter, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, I, I think Shart is is an ideal place. It's um, right now, you know, Shart.com is essentially a one man army, and I say that, but it's it's me and then my wife when you know she's a full time um, assistant principal essentially at a school, and um, you know, and then my three kids when 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 they're not you know in, on weekends and stuff, and they're they're not playing volleyball, I have them uh, framing boxes and um, you know putting together boxes, and so it's definitely a family business, but. As a one-man army, and and you know it, you know, as it, it's just it's so hard to get everything done. And so, uh, Kickstarter actually has been on my list for a while. It's getting to it, and um, so you know we're kind of in the middle of uh, what in the startup community is known as a pivot. And um, I've been focusing so much time on that. And what the pivot we've we've kind of been a one-stop shop. And when we started Shark.com, that's all we essentially planned to be. Um, but through a, a very unique um, relationship that I have with my mom, who's a 50-year seamstress, um, we figured out about seven other products um, that we can upcycle T-shirts into. So you, um, you know, talking about drawstring bags, um, hobo bags, tote bags, uh, pillow covers. Um, so that's something that really I really focused probably the whole last half of 2014 on was getting those videos done getting the website prepared for the changes, getting the product, getting pictures of the product. So it's been a complete, you know, beast. We're getting ready to roll all that out. But it's, you know, when it's just one person, it's so hard. And and I heard one of, I was listening to a couple of your other podcasts and I heard a really smart guy, I wish I had his name, but he was talking about how he's a list guy and how your list get, you know, they get so big that they almost become ineffective. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is really what, you know, what can happen. So Kickstarter has been on there for me for short for, gosh, a year now probably, and I just haven't gotten to it. But it's really something I probably need, you know, just even if, if it hits at all, you also get that advertising, you know, benefit really at no no cost other than what you pay back to Kickstarter if you get your money. So um, there's a lot of reasons to do it. So, yeah. Well, real quick, so for the people out there listening, I don't think we've actually dived into exactly what you have on Shark.com as far as the T-shirt frame goes and maybe what you're moving to in the future. Uh do you want to you want to hit on that for a minute exactly how it works? And I know you can yeah. get on the website and watch the video, and it's really cool how these frames snap together. You can, I mean, I don't know how many T-shirts I bought at, at shows and things that have just been sitting in my closet, and I collect so many of them. And then you get around to it, thinking, man, this would probably be, you know, it, it would look a lot better on the wall. Or I wish I had a poster that looked like this or something like that. I mean, I got a really cool Radiohead one a couple years ago. Uh, that would look great in a frame. But if you want to talk about that and then right after that kind of transition into 
how you're managing to do all this while you have these three children and a wife and, and kind of what your, I guess your habits would be or, or what you have learned throughout the past 10 years as far as being able to manage your time and actually get things done and prioritize to make it successful. Well, and the first thing I'd say is that Radiohead, we were talking about concerts earlier, Radiohead at Bonnaroo, I think 2006, Yeah, <laughs> um, they actually, in a Rolling Stone interview, say it's the best show. It's one of our top shows, too. So I'm right there with you, uh, Radiohead. I mean, uh, I was like row eight. Oh, I you were at that Bonnaroo show? Yeah, I got, I caught a glow stick Tom threw out into the crowd. I still oh, I mean, I is mean, that one of your kidding, better like, shows? It was the best. Yeah, it was yeah. undeniably yeah. one of the best, probably if not the best show I've ever seen. Yeah, right there. Yeah. That's cool, Heath. Look what we shared together. That was actually very special that we just had that moment. So, uh, <laughs> I've God, got the it was. DVD, man. Well, he was um, he was the guy was basically like convulsing on stage. Yeah, you know, it was, was. like a, an artist that like it just art was coming out of him. So, and his voice was like it was just that. I, I don't know that I'll, I've ever seen or will ever see anything like that. So anyway, that, that's I just wanted to touch on that. So well, I, I so and have... then then shame shame on you for not uh, you know get those things out of your closet. There's you know hey believe me I I wear them until they can't be worn anymore. Um, but then what happens to me is I get pit stained. So. Um, funny, I mean, literally just this uh, weekend, my wife and I put 17, uh, well, 14 official shards. We use the other three frames for pictures, but um, <laughs> we put 14 shards up in our laundry room, um, ranging from the White Stripes, Galactic. Um, gosh, it was just all over the place, lots of Wilco. Um, so, and, and I have to tell you, just uh, very, very proud of it. But, uh, you know, that's what I would say get those shirts out of your closet. Um, that's, you know, that's. That's how our product, um, that's how we came up with it. So and just a quick touch on that real briefly, just, you know, my wife uh, wanted to frame my Woodstock 1994 t-shirt about five years ago, and she framed it for me and brought it to me, and it looked beautiful, and it's still on our wall today. But then I said, how did you get that in here? And she told me she had to cut the shirt to get it in there. Um, and so she she saw this. I was so happy with the the, the gift at first, and then it kind of went to, oh, you cut my Woodstock 1994 shirt. So <laughs> that is how Shark.com and the Shark T-shirt frame was born. Um, I just wanted to find a way that you could frame a, sh you know, a shirt very easily and not have to destroy it and, and just make it super easy. And, and I think that's what we've done. And, you know, you, even the shirts that I've framed, I'm, I'm not going to ever wear them again. So it really, who cares if you destroy them? But it's still just, I don't know, there's something about it. I just, so I'm very happy. We found a way to do it that literally in 60 seconds you can frame something. Put it on the wall, frame your T-shirt. Looks beautiful. It tightens it while you push it down there so you get a nice, even look. And um, I just I have to say our laundry room went from completely plain and awful um, to be in, which you're doing laundry already, to I actually love being in that room now. So, um, you know, yeah, it just, yeah. it's, it's amazing. So I'm very proud of that. We've got a lot of great reviews. Um, you know, on our website, if you go to our review section, I put the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so if you sift through there, you'll see some people that, you know, found some things they didn't like about it. But, you know, a, a lot more people that really love it and, and some great stories and some great shirts and things like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's, um, that's, you know, that's our product. We're very proud of it. And I appreciate you again, you know, you mentioning it. So, and then, you know, just to touch, I guess, on the habits, you know, um, I guess there, there's really just three that I would touch on. Um, and, and it's just honesty probably is number one to me. Uh, I've been in, I was in the labor business for 20 years, which is just, it, and it was a great thank, thank goodness for it. I, I'm very thankful for the time that I had and it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, financially it was a good business. Um, but it is just a really hard, awful business and there's a lot of just shady characters. So I'm very happy to be in a, you know, 
in a chart, I, I've dealt with great customers so far. I really love the people, kind of the, the demographics of the concert goers and things. It's just such a good group of people. Um, but honesty, I'm very happy to be, you know, in a, in a such a, to be able to be honest in, in business is great. And not, you know, so that would be the first thing. And then I've heard a lot of your other, um, uh, you know, people that you've talked to, you know, talk about consistency and, and uh, being organized. And I'm definitely, I'm, I'm a list person. Uh, anally organized, um, sometimes to where the lists get a little out of control, lists for everything. Um, and I'm also very consistent. I've been an early riser. Um, you know, I, I, the one thing that my wife and I do very poorly at festivals and that are the late hour shows. Um, and, you know, as you know, um, you know, these festivals are designed, they, they really are the, the people that get the best shows are the ones that are usually up from midnight to four o'clock in the morning. And not, not that there's not, you know, that's when the liveliest shows happen and the craziness happens. And we almost never make it to that. And I'm usually up at five o'clock walking around Bonnaroo or forecast, you know, not forecast, but walking around Bonnaroo when no one else is awake, there's no sound. And then I got to just be there alone for three hours. And then, you know, there's we're a, tired. There's an awesome peacefulness in that, too. No, there is. You're absolutely right. No, no, there definitely is. You get a coffee and you just kind of sit out by the camp yeah. or whatever. No, no, no. You're definitely right. And I actually, uh, I, I have an idea for, for, you know, right around that, but I cannot share it um, because it could be stolen. And it, and uh, but I love to talk <laughs> to you about it um, off hour, you know, off off radio because it is uh, right up your alley. So cool, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And lists lists are ultra powerful. Like I, I don't know if you listened to the interview and we actually talked about Wonderlist, but. If you're not using it or if anybody out there likes lists, it is the best damn tool for, for creating lists. I mean, if you want something that you can have on your computer, on your cell phone. And I, I am the type of person that, I mean, I have a whiteboard and I literally write the two things I want to accomplish more than anything else for each day. Every night, I'll put that up there. And the next day, I'll make sure I do those two things first. But I do have a whole bunch of different style lists on Wonderlist. And you can sit there. Type them in. It's just like a paper list. You can check them off. They'll go underneath the list with a strike through them so you can see what you have accomplished. So I highly suggest you check that out, man, if you have it. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm, I'm actually a huge Outlook person. I've been devoted to Outlook for 20 years. It's hard to break from those things. But I, I have definitely I found a way to use it effectively, I mean, for the most part. Um, so I no, I, I did. I actually heard you talk about it, And I've heard other people mention the same thing. So, um, no, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm. I think I'm a very I would be at the top of the list of being uh, organized. So that would be, you know, that that would be a consistency, organization, and honesty would probably be the the factors that I would say. Or you know, and then I you know I'm very fortunate. I come from a father who um, to this day I've seen a lot of incredible sales reps um, in the in the business that I was in, and just you know having business people you know sales reps call me and things. Um, to this day, my dad's still the best sales rep I ever saw. So to have um, you know have that have somebody like that that really knows how to market and talk to people. And to grow up, and that just kind of—he used to force me to talk to you know um, waitresses. We'd go to Bob Evans in the morning, and he he basically hit on them for me, like I wanted to date him, and I'd be turning red and so embarrassed, and I hated it. <laughs> but you know, now looking back on that, I have to say it, it made me a stronger person. And uh, you know, there's there's no one I'm afraid to talk to, and uh, I, I like talking to people, and and that's you know that makes business a little easier. So uh, especially when you have a when you have a fun product or something like the misfits a book and you're talking to even kids or going out to you know or talking to adults about it it's just you know to have the uh, the ability to talk to people that's uh you know and be comfortable doing it and that's i i uh, in pitching for shark.com you know in the startup community here in Louisville which Louisville's got a really good startup community 
Um, I won a pitch contest here in Louisville, won 500 bucks, uh, was involved in several others. Was it Velocity or? Yeah, we won. I won the Indiana Velocity Indiana. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we won the 500s and then we went in the, for the grand prize and did not win that. But, uh, you know, that, that um, going through that process, um, I'm, I've been kind of always a comfortable person talking to people. I've, I kind of was always in high school plays and stuff like that, but always had a nervousness about it. And through this pitching, all oh, the first few times, man, it was I just I really was you know very nervous. You could hear it in my voice, and it's just amazing that you go out and you do those about three, four, five times, and boom, you just start getting comfortable. So now that even those butterflies have kind of gone away, so I'm much more comfortable talking to people. And it's just so it's getting out there and doing it for sure. When you know when it comes to that, but. Um, the Louisville startup community has been great. I go to the Open Coffees um, here, uh, which is a startup group um, here in Louisville. So, you know, if you're involved in, um, you know, I definitely if you like startups and like that community and helping people that, you know, like me, I, you know, I needed help I, uh, with uh, uh, social media and, you know, website things and um, networking. They're just, um, you know, so if you're lucky and you have a community like the one we have here in Louisville, I definitely say get, get you know, get engrossed with that and be a part of it because it's usually it's fun people. They're, they're people that are out there will have a lot of the same problems and they're a very open community. At least they are here in Louisville and very willing to help. And if somebody's an expert in something and they know you're, um, you know, you're having trouble, they'll, they'll pitch in or offer whatever help that they can, you know, offer to, you know, find time to do. So yeah, yeah. yeah they're very fortunate. Awesome Inc. over here. Have you pitched at their competition? No, I've heard about Awesome Inc. I've heard, yeah, I'd like to know I haven't. But I should. I should. Yeah, I go over there a lot, man. It's awesome. It's it's sort of a partner. It's kind of like Velocity, but uh, a couple. I actually had um, a couple guys that I met over there on this show. One of them was like episode two. His name was Gary Darna. He's the guy who created CompleteSet.com. And since the last time I talked to him, he ended up winning the whole. They do a thing called Five Across here, so it's yeah. a five minute pitch. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I want. Same that's thing out there. Yeah, right. He, yeah, yeah, he ended yeah. up winning the whole thing. Okay. The final for the Awesome Inc. section last year, but I talked to him. That was only about a month or two ago when they did the final, I think. And he, since the time he was on the show to now, he he literally had raised like six hundred and fifty eight grand or something in investments. Is nuts. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So the well, so yeah. and he was a graduate of Velocity up there, and I that's, think that, I wondered. That, I wondered. Yeah, that is a an incredible program to to surround yourself around and, and things that you can learn from them. And these guys. Uh, any of them that that run this awesome ink, like I stay in touch with them. I want to be in there as much as possible, given how busy I am. I can't as much as I would like sure. to be. But same thing here. Oh, same you thing. Can here. Just yeah. learn so much from them. I mean, it's insane. And if you haven't, if you haven't jumped into the, I don't know if they let you do both, but you should, you should look at joining a five across pitch out here. I, I think you have I will. Win it in. It's another no, no, That was some of the best advice uh, given to me, and, and it came from, um, uh, and I can't think of her name, it's um, Allie, and I can't think of her last name, but she um, did a startup here in Louisville called Wicked Sheets, um, and uh, did, she started it up about five years ago, but I kind of met her through the, the networking in the group startup community, and I'm so, sorry, I can't think of her last name, but um, she said, go after any free money you can, do these pitches, um, if, you know, and that's, that's exactly what, why I did it. Um, 
figured there's no harm. I know, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to go up there, even though I was a little nervous the first few times. But, you know, so went up there and did it. And I won 500 bucks. And for a small business, that's that's a lot. You know, yeah. that 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 gets you through a month. You know what I mean? And, or pays you, gets a couple more ads out there and that sort of thing. So, um, no, I highly recommend it for anyone out there because you got to be able to, you know, to, to talk about your product. And I will say, fortunately for us, another great thing um, is all those concerts. The concerts you've seen me at when I'm talking to people, we're pitching our product. So we've learned how to do it in a comfortable conversational flow. Do that, you know, 30 second kind of elevator pitch, um, you know, and, and you know, it, it just uh, it makes it easier. But, you know, if, if we were ever fortunate to get on a, um, a Shark Tank or something like that, if you haven't been out there and pitching it and you, you haven't don't have people that you can get up in front of that will say, oh, no, you got to stop swaying or, oh, you're saying, um, 45 times, which I do. Uh, you see, I just did one. You know, they're, um, you just, it, it's, uh, it's a great group and it's a great uh, experience to go through to have those people that will give you the constructive criticism that you need to hear. So, and then networking and, and uh, again, social media was not my strength getting into this two years later. I'm a lot better. I'm still no uh, master social media person, but I've kind of figured out our um, voice, if you will. And I, I think, you know, now knowing that voice, I, I'm doing a lot more with it. So, um, you know, very inexpensively, we don't have any kind of budget for big advertising. So it's being creative. It's using that shark name, um, you know, saying there's uh, nothing better than the gift of shard or um, you know, shark makes a great gift, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, go hang a, a piece of shark, you know, just kind of dancing around the shark name. So, um, we're kind of going full Monty with that this year. And, um, so far it's been, and been really good. And, um, have again, you ever you know, set up as a vendor? You know, we, I, I've done a few things with that. Um, run, you know, runners are another big, uh, demographic for us. So I've, I did a running conference. Um, and I did a, I've done a couple others and I have honestly, I don't know if I'll ever do any again. Um, and even even like a, a vendor at a Bonnaroo um, or a Forecastle, for us to haul down all the frames, you know, you're talking about glass in the frames, and you got and, the, and then who wants to carry around a box of frames? So that's kind of, um, and then you're you're spending twenty five hundred dollars or more to get that vendor booth. Well, that's a lot of frames you got to sell to make up for that booth. And so we kind of we looked into that. Believe me, I got all the paperwork, and I, you know, we were fairly sure that that was one way we were going to do it in the beginning. But then we started thinking about the hauling of the frames, the broken frames, the what if you don't sell them. Um, and so our thing is all guerrilla marketing, and that's what you've seen me in that big balloon outfit. I've worn dresses, all everything's bright yellow with shard. I have a when you, at Bonnaroo or Forecastle, you'll see me with a three foot helium balloon that's you know forty feet above our heads um, that says shard.com. So it's really been all guerrilla marketing, and um, that seems to be way more effective. And then, you know, for those that time that you have to invest to go to a festival or a conference or whatever it is, and you're standing there on your feet and you're hawking your product, um, you're almost better off just getting online and, you know, really pushing it on Facebook, uh, doing, um, you know, an email uh, marketing, you know, whatever it is, you can typically be a little more effective. So I do think it's important to get out there, and that's what we try to do at Bonnaroo and and Forecastle is really, you know, get out there and be crazy. Uh, and that's, you know, one thing the name and the, the product allows us to do um, because we don't have a big budget. And uh, so, again, anyone that's listening to this, if you would share our Facebook or give us a like and uh, or Twitter or just, uh, you know, share share us with your friends. That's, you know, that's what we need. We're, we're doing very, very well. But we need, uh, you know, that that's where we'll succeed is by getting that social media, you know, bounce and getting people out there sharing sharing our name. So. 
Yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. put all the links to this show on the show notes so you can go to artsynow.com forward slash uh, maybe I'll just do forward slash shark instead of Todd Schlining. It'd be easier for people yeah. to type oh, in. Absolutely, yeah. No, so no, artsynow.com forward slash shark. You can get <laughs> his you, links Pete. to the Misfits, to shark.com, to facebook.com slash shark me, twitter.com slash shark me. And I think you're on LinkedIn as well. We could throw a link to um, anything else on there that you would like me to include, Todd. No, I think that that's that's probably it. Uh, no, that's great, and I really appreciate you know you posting that for me. So thank you, and 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 giving me the opportunity to talk about it. So we're very proud. And again, Louisville's been very good to us. So I mean, it's good to know that you're uh, there in Lexington. I, it probably means you're a Cats fan, unfortunately. No, 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 I'm not from Kentucky. Oh, so. fantastic! So you don't. <laughs> I'm actually good. from Knoxville. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, well, yeah. Big love Knoxville, love Nashville. Ryman just went and saw Wilco at the Ryman. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay's Lindsay's a huge Kentucky fan, though. Oh well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I listen, man. I just <laughs> you live with it. I know. Yeah, I yeah. Not just, just that. Just living in the area in general, it's right. bad enough. <laughs> Get it's, your fair share of cats. People, I'm don't, sure. people out there don't understand how torturous it is. <laughs> yes. And there's nothing you can say back to like even justify no. having a conversation with any of them in it, anything respectable. So it's not worth your time. And hey, listen. On. Cardinal fans are honestly no better. So yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely understand. Well, hey, hey, man, do you? I'm just curious about this. When you were a kid, do you remember the first thing that that you created? Gosh, oh that man, jogs your memory. These are so the, the these are the questions that I don't do well with because I have almost no memory whatsoever. I have to have my friends and my family and my kids to say, "Oh, remember that time you did." <laughs> That, um, you know, honestly, I can tell you this. I, my mom is probably the most talented person I've ever met in terms of like true creativity. She is a, a master seamstress. She is an artist. She did the original illustrations for Misfits, um, can draw anything, you know, just a, a very, very talented person when it comes to working with her hands, crochet, knit, you know what I mean? Can make anything out of anything. Yeah. Uh, like a Martha Stewart type. Um, so I grew up with that. And, and I remember in third grade sitting there drawing with a friend of mine, and he was a good artist. And I just couldn't get it to, to happen. Um, I couldn't get that creativity to flow from my head. I had it in my head what I wanted something to come out and draw on an alien or whatever it is, but it could never make it work on paper. And that was a hugely frustrating thing as a kid because here, you know, you have somebody that's your blood that is so incredibly talented. So that was bothersome to me for a, a long time. That and I would draw. I liked to draw, but I and there, you know, some people say, "Oh, anybody can be an artist, and all you have to do is try and keep." I say BS on that because I just I have I just doesn't happen out of me. So I never was creative in that way. Um, so you know, honestly, I guess my my answer to that, I, it really not as a kid. As a kid, I was so focused on just. I mean, I, I was not a great student. I just wanted to have fun. I was uh, and I was an athlete. I played sports. So really, all I cared about was sports. And and I you know sports girls that was kind of that, you know, normal American kid, a middle class upbringing, divorced parents. Um, so not a lot of creativity when I was young. If I, I guess if I had to say anything, it would be my humor. Um, I liked to, you know, in high school, I'd throw myself down the stairs and drop all my books, you know, on purpose to make girls laugh. So if it was anything like that, and that again comes from my dad and being okay, you know, making fun of yourself, talking to people, not looking embarrassed in front of people, um, so if, if it was anything, it's that, and then the misfits, I'm very proud of the misfits, even though in hindsight, you know, I essentially, the idea was handed to me from the Island of Misfit Toys, which I say that, and I laugh because honestly, I don't, didn't 
it wasn't a conscious thing, but um, I do feel like the Misfits is very creative. I, that's why I like working on it, and I'm very very proud of it. So um, you know that that would be it. And uh, you know, hey, boring answer, but again, I'm very proud of Shard, and you know that I have a, something. I've got the trademark to Shard. I think that's very funny. Um, like I own the U.S. Uh, I'm staring at it right now on my walls. The trademark to the word Shard. Um, so I think that's very funny, and I love having that. And um, and then just uh, the patent pending. I'm very proud that I actually, you know, for good or bad, we spent a ton of money, and you know, you don't know if you'll get the patent, but we have the patent pending, and and I think if we get it, it could be a life changing thing. So you know, that's exciting to have. And again, it just goes to it's kind of proof that we had this concept. We worked it for a long time, and then we were able to put something creative together. But it was definitely a much later in life thing. But I, I do come honestly, you know, from some creative blood. Yeah, and I think so, that there's creativity in everything. And it sounds like we were a lot alike growing up. I mean, I was kind of the same way. What you were describing in high school sounded exactly like what I experienced. And my father used to do the same stuff to me, man, just embarrassed the hell out of me. But it, it definitely made me a much more outgoing, easier to talk to anybody type of person. And I'm not really yeah. embarrassed about a lot of things. Right. But, Don't get thrown for a loop easy. Yeah. Uh, but speaking about like when you, you were talking about how you, you know, you fall down on your face to make people laugh. When was the first time that you sort of, uh, or can you tell me about the first time that you, you sort of fell flat on your face trying to do something that you really, really loved? Cause I, I think that it's a typical conversation as far as what failures can lead to, but I'm looking for something where you just, I mean, it really Completely. was like, yeah, rock bottom kind of stuff. If you were ever in that position, like you really were confused about where you were going to go next. Uh, because I think when I, when I survey the audience and I ask them what they want to hear, I mean, people really love, really, really, really love the personal stuff, which I'm kind of transitioning the show back into a lot more now because I got away sure. from it for a little bit. But can you think of any time where you literally just, you know, fell face down, pants down in the bushes and couldn't get back up? You know, honestly, no. I mean, I really, I, I wish I had a good answer to that, but I, I mean, other than in marriage, um, you know, I've been married. Uh, we met at Woodstock 1994. We've been married for 15 years, been together for 20 years, just had our, our 20th um, uh, at Woodstock, you know, in, in marriage. And I am very fortunate. I have a great wife. She is, I'm just very, very fortunate, but I, you know, in ma marriage is probably the lowest I've been. Uh, and we're, you know, we're going back a lot of years, but you know, marriage is a hard thing. Um, and it's a great thing when you get through those tough times. So falling in my face would, would, it would have to be, you know, where, you know, we have not done well as a couple and had those tough times. That's the biggest falling on my face, you know? And then I would say the other thing is misfits, you know, we're so happy with misfits, the, the, the responses we got, um, you know, the feeling we have of the book, the enjoyment we've, you know, it gotten from it. But in terms of, uh, of money, you know, it's a, a failure and, I, I, you know, I come again from a business background. I was raised by my dad. So, um, I'm able to look at it and say, yeah, it may not be a business, you know, success, but boy, it was a lot of fun and we didn't lose a ton of money. You know, you, 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 you kind of budget for it and that sort of thing. So, you know, that would probably be, you know, my biggest failure would just be, you know, when I've failed in my marriage and, and, you know, thank goodness we've been able to get through, through those times and my, my wife, same thing. And, um, no, I would say other than that, I've been very fortunate. I have great parents. Um, I had a great life. I was, I'm just a happy kind of go lucky person. Always have been fairly consistent person. Um, so, you know, even in those times when I was screwing up and then, you know, definitely in high school, I mean, if, I guess in falling, that would be another one would be, I barely graduated from high school. I got a 1.87, uh, in high school, barely graduated. And, uh, 
you know, if it weren't for, I got very, very lucky. And during the summer after high school, after barely graduating and having no plans and really on a bad path, probably, um, I was very fortunate and got a, a, a very, a, a baseball scholarship to a now non-existent college that, um, you know, gave me an opportunity and they got me, um, into college. It was, again, it's called Graceland Community Baptist College. That doesn't even exist anymore. But what it did is it got me, um, into school. It made me feel good about myself because I was, you know, uh, I made, you know, made it to a college on a baseball scholarship. And, and then somewhere along the way, even though I couldn't stand the college and, 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 you know, the, what we were, a lot of the, uh, things that were going on there, it somehow got me, um, interested in learning. And so I only stayed there a year and then I, I transferred to Bellarmine, um, here in Louisville and just can't, couldn't say enough good things about Bellarmine. I was so fortunate um, I was a terrible, terrible student, very smart, always smart, smart. When I was younger, I wasn't a terrible student, but as kind of middle school and high school, I definitely, and it was not, it was just for lack of effort. Um, but I was very fortunate. I got to Bellarmine, definitely struggled there because, um, a lot of the kids there were from the Catholic schools. They knew how to study. They already knew how to be a good student and I had, had no clue. So it took me a couple years there, but Bellarmine was very good with small classrooms and the teachers were extremely uh, patient with me and, and wanted me to succeed. And, um, and I learned how to study. It took me till my senior year in college. But, um, so I had a lot of little failures, but I've always been a happy person. I've always pretty been pretty consistent. And, you know, that, I guess that would be my answer, my long answer. Well, yeah. And the one yeah. thing I want to highlight there is even though you claim that you haven't had a lot of failures, what, what you, the type of person that you really are is that you're so optimistic and positive that you don't feel like you've had any failures. And that's the same way that I sort of am. And I, I, I think that people honestly, definitely 100% become what they think about. And if you can take the beauty and everything and you can look at the positives every everything, you're never going to feel like you're failing. I mean, you really aren't. And that's, that's the kind of person that we should all strive to be. Lindsay does it. She's the most optimistic person ever, man. And, and like, it just, it brings me up because I wasn't always that way. You know, I always felt like I failed a lot when I was younger, that I wasn't good enough for certain things. But I've gotten around that now just from, you know, affirmations and journaling and kind of self-reflections and, and just being mindful and, and caring for myself more. I mean, it's it's powerful how much that can change your life. Oh, there is. I mean, it, I, there's no doubt. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. My mom was, um, you know, she's the best person I know on the planet, super consistent um, and just uh, very, very upbeat and positive. So I would definitely agree. But, you know, the other thing to me, it's one, I'm very fortunate. Again, I've got a great wife and kids, and that's really the most important to me. Everything else could go to the wayside as long as they're, help, you know, happy and, happy and healthy and we're in a good place, then life's good with me, you know. Um, so that that's kind of the way I look at it. And then I, all I have to do is flip it on CNN and look at almost any other country, any other, you know, and, and um, there's just so many people that have it so much harder than anybody else in the United States. Now, the other thing I'll say too, I come from, I worked for 20 years in the temporary labor business, um, you know, and I've seen, and we were a daily work, daily pay temporary company. So I have seen, worked with a lot of homeless people, um, you know, that, that's kind of what makes up that light, that, you know, daily work, daily pay temporary, um, labor pool. And so when you see, I, I, I've very, it's, I was very fortunate to be in that business, um, from, from that respect, cause I have a lot of, um, respect for working hard people that do work hard. I have a lot of, uh, empathy for people that, that are in a bad situation, whether it's drugs or alcohol or lack of education or the way they were brought up or, 
uh, criminal record or whatever it is. So I've seen how low you can go. Um, I've seen people bounce back. I've seen people not make it. And so I, I just am, I know how fortunate I am to be in my position and I work hard to keep myself in that position and try to maintain a pretty consistent lifestyle. You know, it doesn't mean I don't screw up and, and things don't happen, but, uh, you know, I, I'm very fortunate and very happy, um, you know, with what I've got and, you know, want a little more, want my kids to have some opportunities, but you know, that, that's uh, secondary to happiness, which I, I know is big with you. So <laughs> absolutely, man. And I, I wish I could keep you on here forever because you're such an interesting person, and I think you bring so much value to everybody out there. But unfortunately, we are getting uh, pretty much up there in the time. I mean, we're no, I don't have to go anywhere, Heath. You're fine. Let's go. Let's go another hour. Or so. <laughs> so, no, I'm no good. I really, hey, I really, again, I yeah, same thing to you. I love what you're doing. Um, the attitude, keeping people excited, the creative, you know, the startup, the uh, artsy, creative people. Um, you know, you're helping people, and 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 it looks like you're creating a good business model for yourself. So, you know, uh, kudos to you. And, and again, I really, really do appreciate the opportunity and for you having me on. So, um, shart.com and misfits.com. And, uh, you know, thanks to, to anybody listening. And Heath, I really do appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I try to do everything I can, man, to just, I'm, I'm trying to create the life that I love. I want to be location independent. I want to be able to travel and and work That's on my brilliant. laptop and, and That's brilliant. sustain yeah. myself all over the world. So what I'm doing with this is literally trying to bring the creativity from other people who have done that and have, have started creating and, and really the people that are in the thick of it as well. Uh, and then bringing that value back to everybody else who's out there listening and, and wants to listen. And it's so much fun, man, that just connecting with people. I've made some of the best friends in the world uh, just through this. And I've only been doing this show for six months and my entire life has changed. So I couldn't be more excited about the direction that we're headed in and yeah man I'm, I'm pumped that you were on the show and before before i let you go though i have to ask if you had to battle godzilla todd <laughs> how do you think you would use your creativity or your talents or your shark.com weapons to defeat that big crazy yellow hating bastard i have um no good answer for that heath i would probably just lay down in the fetal position i mean it's godzilla <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. And again, I, you know, uh, my creative talents are shark, maybe make, you know, maybe laugh, give them a shark.com t-shirt. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I probably would just, you know, lay in the fetal position and hell, he hope, could be hell hope he doesn't step on me or see me, thinks I'm dead already. He could be a hell of a marketing tool. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Get shark.com stamped on him or something. Yeah, no, I, I don't have a good dress. answer to that. I'm so sorry. So I have a know. big dress. Yeah, well, again, I'm all for all of those, but how do you get that done? You know, I'm a so lo, 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 logically, I don't know how that would happen. So, well, awesome, Todd. I appreciate everybody out there. Artsynow.com forward slash shart. Uh, we, we mentioned the, the links earlier, and we'll get those in the yeah. show notes so you can check all those out there. And, Todd, man, I'm so pumped that you were here to get everybody fist pumping. Yeah, to get everybody well done. excited. Thank uh, you. And, and just cannot stress enough to get out there and break the rules but first break the rulers you know surrender to your passion practice believe in yourself be persistent get a guide you know surround yourself with these accelerator programs and pitch competitions where people that you have no idea who they are will come up to you and talk to you and you will learn yes. some of the most fascinating things in the world it'll help you get out of your comfort zone visualize exactly where you want to go and you will get there every single day think about it where do you want to be Believe it. You can train your mind. 
to think anything you want and play the edge after that, man. And Todd, thank you so much for being Amen, the entrepreneur now. Yeah, man. And always remember to keep it funky, dude. Always. Well, hey, I, I appreciate it. I, I really hope we uh, find each other. Uh, we have to make it a point to find each other at Forecastle. And, and uh, well, I'll find you uh, at the tallest man on earth. Isn't that what you said? Absolutely, man. Okay. Well, we'll see each other there, if not sooner. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.